Thanks for listening to audio from Rockhaven Church. For more information on our ministry, please visit us at our website at www.rockhavenchurch.org. Today we're embarking a new adventure. I'm very thankful for Owen who gives that gift to Joel and I during the uh, week of Western Fest to to give us um, uh, a Sunday uh, off, yes, but more importantly, uh, the week of preparation. He takes that from us so that we can be involved in our community unhindered. And last week, Owen wrapped up the books of Thessalonians, First and Second Thessalonians. Now you might say, well, I still got some questions. Good. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm really excited. That's answered prayer. We, every time we enter into a book, we always pray you have questions that you're willing to go in and dive in and find yourself, okay? Spending some time then interacting and, and visiting about those things. Those are important. Those are important. Okay, and so Owen wrapped up chapter three of First Thessalonians, and today we embark. Today we embark on a new uh, adventure through the summer. We are going to be preaching through the book of Psalms. Okay, now you say, is it Psalms or Psalm? Open your Bible. You tell me. Some are Psalm singular, and some are Psalms. And then some are the book of Psalm, right? Uh, what does Psalm mean? Uh, song, that's one way. I mean, there's many things in the book. And in these books written, you know, by King David, some by Solomon, one by Moses, uh, a number of them anonymous, some by the choir directors of the nation of Israel. The book of Psalm is a recorded um, uh, uh, work, right, in poetic uh, lyric and, and, and in other things that is going to stretch us and show us the character of God, who He is, who we are, and how we might grow as followers of Jesus. That's important, because if I would have preached last week, I would have surmised, remember the number one goal of the book of First and Second Thessalonians, what what was your primary takeaway from it? If your primary takeaway was, well, he talked an awful lot about Jesus coming again, well, that would be factual, but the takeaway was the heart of God that wants to save us and sanctify us. Word to grow. We are called to grow in our faith, both in our assurance of his character and in its application in our lives for our good, His glory, and the benefit of other people. And as we're about to jump into this, I'd ask, would you please, with your Bibles open to Psalm chapter 1, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we open up your word at this place and point in time, one, to honor you by a demonstration of our dependence upon your wisdom, your counsel, and your way uh, that is not ours, which is better and higher and perfect. And Lord, we desire that you teach us, that you show us who you are, who we are, what separates us, and what needs to change in us. And so I'd ask, Lord, that in this time, as we begin this series, that your spirit wouldn't just be at work here on a Sunday morning, but in all mornings, leading and guiding this group of people so that when they seek you and finding you, Lord, they know that you have been the one fellowshipping with them and that their lives might be marked different because of your wisdom, 
your word, your kindness and grace shared with us through Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, in 1 Corinthians, uh, we know God wants to save us. God uh, wants to, excuse me, First and Second Corinthians, God wants to save us. He wants to sanctify us. Uh, and Owen just brushed over it as he read it. In First, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, he then says, And dear brothers and sisters in Christ, don't ever grow weary of doing good. Don't grow weary of doing good. That's important. Because the world we live in today is absolutely hostile to the wisdom of God. Dare I say, there isn't a single person I've met who doesn't like the benefits of God. But I've met, and this is a pastoral observation, I've met a lot of people where they all want the benefits of God, they kind of have a problem with the wisdom of God. What do I mean by that? They have a That's where we start tripping over the leadership issues of the Lord in our lives, right? That, oh, I want to be forgiven, and I want to go to heaven, and I want to live life guilt-free. Woo-hoo! Right? Those are the benefits of God. But it's the wisdom of God that says, look, if somebody offends you, and they don't even ask for forgiveness, you need to forgive them anyway. Well, I'm not. Right? It is the benefits of God that we all bask and glow and say, my life is marked as a follower of Jesus. Nothing can snatch me out of his hand. And then we hang around with groups of people who scoff and make fun of the very message that saves us in that benefit. Right? As we go through, as we walk this life in waiting, right, Our longing, as I said before, sanctification isn't just a mental work. It's the internal growing assurance that I belong to Jesus Christ and that my life included in Him is always, always good. Listen, I shared with you in part a little bit ago that John McCosh has got some crazy testimony stuff. To this day, to this day, we can be driving down the road and I'll go, ugh. And Tammy will be like, what? And it's like, I'm just remembering something from my past. And it'll heap upon me in just this cringeworthy fashion. Like, how could I have done that, thought that, participated in that? It's not good. I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed. And some of you are like, I wonder what he did. Stop it. But since putting my faith in Jesus Christ, I tell you this, if God's word says something and I've done it, even though it wasn't understand by other, understood by other people, even though it didn't come across as very popular at the time, when I've done those things, I have never once cringed. If, I've, if God's word says forgive those who wrong you and I do it, later 20 years later, 22 years later, I have never once second-guessed that decision. I've never cringed because God said, John, you need to do this for others, and then cringed. God's Word says you need to proclaim the gospel, and even though I was hauled in front of human resources at my previous employment, right? And even though it was hard, and even though they were saying I said things that I hadn't said, 
And, and, and even though, right, all of us, I never once looked back on that and cringe. Never once. This is the way of the Lord that will prosper us, that is good for us. And left unto ourselves, we have a way, and that way leads to fear and anxiety and guilt, right? And of course, we want to be free from that. Who doesn't? Oh, I like feeling guilty. You're weird. Okay? Nobody, nobody wants that. And so we come to God and we say, oh God, please forgive me. And He does. And then what do we do? Do we continue in our way, own way, hoping He continues to forgive, continues to bless? You know, and it, and it becomes, a, it becomes a, a messy cycle. We exist and are saved to be a blessing to others and to glorify God. To share and encourage and invest is to love as God loves. And we love God because He loves us, according to 1 John, and we know this and have experienced this because of the Holy Spirit. God shares generously with us because He wants us to be sanctified. Sanctification can be messy in the world we live in. And the bucket of emotions that go along with that can be joy and fear, peace and anxiety, pride and humility. I mean, you go through it all. But what's great about the book of Psalms, right, is that this is almost like permission to wrestle through all of these things because this emotionally honest account of its authors are doing everything from praising God in the morning, right, to yelling at him and saying, show me your face, right? This, this account of the character of God as we go through the book of Psalms, we will see over and over again that he is the creator, that there is no God like him, that he is king, that he is in charge, that our way is not his way, that we think certain things should happen, and he's asking us to be stretched and grown and trust in that. But the revealed character of God will stretch us to trust him in ways that we have not before. So in our church family, if you're feeling anxious, you're going to appreciate this book. If you're joy-filled, you're going to appreciate these things. If you're feeling fearful or condemned, you're going to see what God wants to do in your life. But in all of these things, it's not because I got the right answer. It's because the revealed character of God as your rock, as your shield, as your king, as your God, as your protector, as all of these things, is going to be recorded for us so that we might know Him more. And what's more, that in expanding our view of God as our Creator King, those facts of His character will begin to change and deepen our trust of Him. The book of Psalms will also demonstrate our need to be very honest with ourselves. That's what permits, uh, God permits these things, and that's what helps us grow. It'll also cultivate a deeper worship in our lives, and it will strengthen our prayer life. Many of the Psalms are prayers. Sometimes when we go through things in life, you don't even know what to pray. Well, in those times, pick up the book of Psalm, right? Don't just surf. Don't just go, mm, this one, Right? But when you find one, lock it away. And then you don't know what to say, but you can pray, dear God of heaven, right? I know you are my shepherd, and that you lead me, and I have no want. Thank you for going before me through the valley of the shadow of death. And because of that, I will fear no evil. 
because I know that your word says you are with me, right? You guys know that one, 23rd Psalm. Oftentimes we know one something, but there's a lot more chapters and there's a lot more to be discovered in this. So uh, we'll talk more about those things as we go, but since I have a whopping 11 minutes, let's go ahead and dive into Psalm 1, just as an intro. Blessed is the man, uh, this is singular uh, Hebrew language that actually means uh, godly person, right? Blessed is the man or woman, blessed is the godly person who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in season, and its leaf doesn't wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so. They're like chaff that, when, that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Uh, Verse 6 is key. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Uh, If you go back and you study the book of Acts, right, as you go through that, you will know that that is one of the description of Christianity. Uh, They were were called the way. (laughs) And I think there was a, a decade or two where that was really popular. I don't, I don't know of any church, churches that called themselves the way. Do you? Anybody? No? Uh, but, but that is the way of the righteous. What is the way of the righteous? The way of the righteous is to take the wisdom of God and implement it to our lives. James says, don't merely be hearers of the word, but do it. That that's a picture of, of, of godliness, that that's a picture of, uh, in, in plan, in alignment with God's design. That he's given us his word, not just so that we can read something to fall asleep, but he's given us our, his word, his wisdom, to know him and to know how we ought to conduct ourselves. Why do we need to know how to conduct ourselves? Because God's way is in stark contrast to the way of the world. And that's what's listed for us. You see that in verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of wicked, who stands not in the way of sinners, who sits not in the seat of scoffers. Walks, stands, sits. Important language. You say, well, what's the difference between the wicked, the sinner, uh, and the scoffer? Aren't they all bad? Yes, they're all bad. <laughs> oh, I was hoping to grow up. No, no, no. They're all bad. Okay? And say, what's interesting about that language is, is that uh, what's, what's actually done is, is that blessed is the godly person who does not do these things. Walk, sit, stand. You're all sitting. Busted. No, just kidding. The posture, the posture that's recorded is indicative of... Um, um, uh, what's going on in the life, okay? So, for instance, uh, when we talk about these things, uh, we might actually find it uh, helpful to uh, who, when it says, does not walk in the way of the wicked, uh, blessed is the man whose thinking is not opposite of God, uh, who does not stand in the way of sinners, whose behaving is not opposite of God, or who sits in the seat of scoffers, we might say, who belonging 
to. So, so thinking, behaving, belonging to sin. Remember what I said before. What we do is we come out and we say, oh, I love the benefits of God. With the wisdom of God, mm, I got some ideas on some things that we could change. Okay? That's just totally dangerous. Okay? And so, God, contrast, right? You belong to God, you don't. It's the way of God, the way of the world, right? And to hope, you know, what's going to change your thinking, your behaving, and your belonging? It's the Word of God. That's, that's what this psalm says. The Word of God. With the perspective, with the perspective that in the world there are going to be those, right? Wickedness is just like people thinking about evil stuff that they can get away with. And there's John just hanging out with him, right? You're for sure going to hear The Proverbs talk about this all the time. Watch who you choose as friends. Because God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless us all, right? The Bible said, godly wisdom, that if you're not careful of who you're hanging around with, you're going to become like them. Well, what about, the, what about the power of God in my life? Well, yeah, going and sharing what God shared with you with a group of people that need to know it. But if you start, right, thinking like them and belonging with them and participating and acting like them, right, you're, just, you're heading down the wrong way, and that's a contradiction. And anytime you have a contradiction in your life, you got to go, uh, uh, uh. there's something that needs to change. And those things that, that need to change are the application of godly wisdom in our lives for God's glory, our good, and the benefit of other people. So we're not to think, behave, or belong to that contrary to God. Rather, verse 2, our delight is to be in the law of the Lord, or that is to say the instruction of the Lord. And we can't make too much of this word delight. We can't make too much of this word delight. The word delight is so encompassing. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, right. I got it. I, I, uh, oh, the, the Bible? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a good book. I like it. That's not delight. Okay? Uh, because the, the piece that goes along with it, his delight is in the instruction of the Lord, right? And on his law, he meditates day and night. A delight is something so encompassing, so encompassing that, that this is the very source of your joy. Many of you in this room can testify to this. And if you can't, you need to find those people and talk to them about this stuff, okay? Because I can be having the absolute worst day, and I can... Open up God's Word, and it's just me and a park bench and a shade tree, or me and the windshield of my pickup by the river, or me, right, alone at the dining room table in my house, or me, right, it doesn't matter where I am. And God's Word will, as I'm reading and I'm spending time, all of a sudden I'm assured of who He is, that my situation isn't past His power to redeem, and all of a sudden it's like my heart comes alive. And it's just like what was fearful and anxious and all of these things is gone and joy has replaced it. And the only thing that changed, I mean, I still got stuff I got to live through. I still got to go out there and fix that. I still got to go work out. But I know who I am and how much he loves me. That's a delight. 
That's contrary to what the world's saying about you. Or your enemy, the devil, he's just a jerk. Right? Because all he was, you're not worth it. Remember that thing you did back in 1988? Oh, yeah. Right? All of this stuff. But God's at work. God's at work. Now, meditating is one of those words. If I told you before that baptism is one of those words we use, and it means two completely different things, meditating is one of those words too. Because many of us see the word meditating, hear the word meditating, and then we immediately think of uh, uh, Eastern, other religions out of, out, of the, you know, out of the East, where meditating, oh, right? Something like that, okay? That's not, that relig- those religious practices of meditating are emptying. That's emptying, all right? That's not what meditating is. When God says meditate, meditating on my instruction, meditating on my law, meditating on my word, Meditating means, and this is my farm boy coming out of me, right? It, it, it means, well, it, yeah, it's like chewing the cud of a cow. Yeah, you just, you just, you've got some piece of scripture and you're just, you're just going back on it and you're thinking about it. You're just, it's the feeding of your soul because you just keep going over and over and in your mind that piece of scripture. If you do that enough, what happens is you begin to memorize it. And, and then you got, you've got it, you can take it wherever you're going, and now you've been armed with the Word of God and all these kinds of, lots of fantastic benefits, okay? But meditating on God's Word is just recalling it to mind over and over and over and thinking about what that means and, and thinking about how it's possible and, and then even in the midst of doubt, reminding yourself that that's true because God said it and all of these pieces. So it's not emptying, meditating, meditating. It's just recalling to mind constantly what God God's word says. Well, how much am I supposed to put in my mouth at one time? Only what you can chew without your lips open, right? Nobody likes people that chew with their mouth open. I mean that is, is that just the smallest little piece is enough, right? For I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, the Christ that lives within me over and over and over again. It's not that we love, right? That God loved us first. That's why we love you just think it over and over and over. So set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things, because you've died. Your life is now included with Christ over and over and over again. Yeah? That's meditating. Because in doing these things, we become, verse 3, a tree planted by streams of water that yield fruit in its season, and the leaf does not winter, wither. And all that he does, he prosper, prospers, the wicked are not so. They're like chaff. And then, you know, you got this kind of, so with verse 6 being key, this is the eternal perspective. This is the eternal perspective. And part one of the reason why people like the bennies of God but not the wisdom of God is because they somehow think that God needs to work right now and how. That there's a whole vein of Christianity that's preaching this prosperity gospel. That if you live your life right and you give enough money to the, the fake TV evangelist, that you too can be blessed and have rich pockets and brand, brand new vehicles and all that. It's just heresy. It's awful. That's not what prosper means. What prosper means is that if you live your life in accordance with God's way, you're not going to 20 years from now go, Ugh. I mean, if I could go back and tell me then what I know now, holy mackerel, I might have finished college. If I could go back and tell me 
then what I know now, right? Maybe there wouldn't be so many wounded people. If I could go back and tell me then what, what God's Word has shown me now, I wouldn't have had to ask my wife to forgive me for all the things I didn't know were sin that I brought into our relationship. If I'd go back and tell me all the things that God has shown me in His Word, maybe when hard things happen, I wouldn't have stumbled so hard. Maybe I would have shared the Gospel more. Maybe I... Right? A tree planted with its roots deep by a stream. Isn't that a good picture? <laughs> now, like, we've all done that. You've all been by the corn dryer, right? And all the little bees' wings that are everywhere, you pick them up and play with them. When Coop was little, they were just, Dad, they're so soft. Yeah, and they're just gone. That's chaff. Compare that, that's the way of the world, to God's way, which is you being a tree. Go down by the Minnesota River, right? And you find one of those trees, a great big tree that's roots go down and wires tree and wires it. And it's always green no matter how dry the summer is because it's got a source. <laughs> it's got a source and its roots run deep. That's our lives included in God's way. And you know what happens? It becomes evident to everybody that things are different in your life. Your leaves are bright, you're producing fruit, and you're like, yes, look at me. Ladies and gentlemen, your leaves and your fruit are not for you if you're the tree. They're not. We get that messed up all the time. I'm such a beautiful tree. My leaves make me look so good. And look at the size of my fruit. Don't touch it. By God's design... By God's design, that fruit is there to be a nourishment to other passerbys, right? The tree doesn't eat the fruit. The tree has its supply, right? Out of its supply then comes a benefit to other people. What about them leaves? <laughs> this is also the time of year, right? I don't need a lake. I don't need a river. I don't need, I don't need water. What I need is a glass of iced tea and a big, great big shade tree, with just a nice breeze blowing about 22 miles an hour. That shade is a, is a great place to rest. It's a, great, it's a great place to cool off. That shade is an incredible benefit to other people. And so instead of walking in the way of the wicked and sitting in the way of scoffers and, and standing in the way of sin, right? Instead of all of those things, God's plan is, is for us to have our roots rooted firmly and deeply in Him with the things that He supplies so that our lives don't have to be cringeworthy and we can be a benefit to other people. Isn't that a neat picture? I think it's a neat picture. And I, it's, it, it's not something that... Um, uh, well, we're falling, uh, yeah. Okay, bring your team up, because you've got one minute to sing the last song. <laughs> well, look, there's, there's some things I want to talk about, and, and I'm hoping to put it, as we spend time in the book of Psalms, to put, put some real meat on it, okay? So... Part of, the reason, part of the reason why the church isn't growing ever more affirmed, growing ever more affirmed to the truth of God, why our roots aren't going really, really deep, 
is because all we're focused on is the benefits and we're not focused on the wisdom of God applied in our lives. That application of God's word in our lives is absolutely so critical because what happens is we do become growingly more assured and then we become marked different than the world. The truth is, is that in the church, there's way too many situations, situational, and I'm not casting judgment on anyone, but in the church, statistically, as you look through these things, the church's view on marriage needs to be adjusted. The church's view on, on social media things needs to be adjusted. We need to look different than the world, not hypocritical. Right? But, 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 but there's things that are happening in the world that need to be different. Sex outside of marriage needs to be different in those who follow God's way than it does in the world. The divorce rate needs to be different in the church than it is in the world. The addictions to pornography need to be different in the church than they are in the world. And sadly, those numbers are too much the same. And the reason why they are is because of simple things. One, ignorance. Sometimes we just don't know what God's Word says. Two, out and out rebellion. We know what God's word says. We're going to do it anyway, <laughs> right? And then the third reason is, 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 is there's been in the past a hypocrisy in the church. We get like this God-like uh, 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 delirium that somehow that we've got just one little bit of information and, and now we can weaponize it in the lives of other people. No. Blessed is the godly man or woman who takes counsel in the things of God. We need to be encouraging other people to be in that council and loving them and gracing them and being merciful and forgiving and encouraging just like Jesus has done for us. Then the world will see something different. Thoughts. One, I pray that each of you have a fantastic celebration wherever you are about our independence, but that you're able to meditate on Galatians chapter 5 that says it is for freedom's sake that we have been set free. Now, in your meditating of that, what it costs to be free and what do you do with that freedom? Glorify Him or take advantage of it for you? I hope it's to glorify the one who paid the price that we might be free. What sort of people ought we to be to live our lives in holiness and godliness? We ought to be those waiting diligently and, come and, and counting the patience of our Lord as salvation. As he, uh, excuse me. Even though there are things that are hard to understand, right, which the ignorant and unstable will twist to their own destruction as they do the other Scriptures, Knowing this beforehand, you are to take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Rockhaven Church, my prayer, our prayer for one another, that each of us might grow. And now may God's grace and peace be yours in abundance. We'll talk to you soon. Call us if you have questions.